You are listening to the Maynard Leadership Show with Desi Maynard and Jeremy Klein. Hey, everybody. We're going to get right to the show, but I just wanted to remind you that if you'd like to see some of what we're talking about broken down, like on a whiteboard in front of you on video using your eyeballs and probably some other uh, valuable original content, go check out our Maynard Leadership YouTube channel, uh, which is absolutely free as well. See you there. Now let's get rocking into today's episode, Four Mindset Myths of a Successful Leader. Four mindset myths that are holding you back and how to overcome them. So as a leader, mindset is extremely important, uh, which is why we have to constantly be challenging ourselves, you know, one, to refine it, and two, to optimize it, uh, really to get the best mental toughness we can. And I can tell you this, if you're fast moving, overwhelmed, um, trying to get a lot done, uh, you probably struggle with this. Um, and I know that because you know that most of our clients do, and we have, and that's how we learned it the hard way. Um, every positive mindset or even every vision has a dark side, and if we don't discover the dark sides of those, um, then they're going to be blind spots, and we're not going to know about them, and we're, they're going to fall into all of those traps. But uh, you know, we got to become masters of ourselves as a whole, Jeremy. Uh, specific actions and how we're thinking has become super important. What happens if we don't do that? Well, I mean, you're holding yourself back, right? Yeah. I mean, there's so many bottlenecks and obstacles that if I hold on to these myths that you're going to be discussing, and, you know, I've heard the phrase that uh, be careful about holding on. If you fight for your limitations, you win. You get to keep you them. Get to keep them yeah. Right? And so yeah. it's it's one of those things where, We've seen, and many of you guys I'm sure have seen, these certain, as we go through them, these certain myths hopefully ring true, hopefully Mm -hmm. make you guys aware as they have us, and then through what we've discovered and how we've trained, we'll be able to maybe walk through some things that uh, can overcome that. And as we break these down, think about becoming a more satisfied leader, thinking about having the ability to equip your team. You know, if it's not just for you, maybe it's like, Desi, I'm, I'm just the owner, but I do have a leadership team. Hey, this is a tool for you to use with them uh, to make sure that they're not falling into these mindset myths that we're talking about today. Um, you know, when it comes to how do we take this first step, it's probably one of the hardest things. We use the term simple, but not easy is having the courage to do so, mm-hmm. right? Being vulnerable, um, being transparent, one, with yourself, uh, and more importantly, with your team, uh, it's, it's the first step. Yeah. I mean, it's really, it's the superpower of leadership. And I mean, honestly, that kind of bonus myth number five right in the introduction, if you can handle that, I mean, you've went a long ways right from the beginning, don't you, wouldn't you say, Jeremy? Absolutely. Self-awareness is scary. Self-awareness is is something that I don't want to know. I'd much rather just tell everybody about my bright spots and all of the shiny things, but we want to get better. And so that forces you to look inward sometimes to say, man, I really suck at this. Yeah. Or I'm believing in this and it's actually not benefiting me. So maybe let's dive into these, Desi. There's a, there's a handful. We're going to talk about four plus your, you mentioned the bonus one. Yeah. But the first one um, is, I have succeeded. We're going to talk about phrases, guys, and look at 
the good and the bad, as Desi mentioned, the dark side to this. There are things that, just the phrase, I have succeeded. Talk to me about maybe the pros and the cons to that. Yeah, so I mean, literally, just to break this down, I mean, you have kind of four quadrants here. If this is the have succeeded one, what happens is that um, we use the past to foreshadow our future, mm. right? So I have been successful, right, is not necessarily an indicator of that you will continue to be successful, right? So there's some pros and some cons to this, right? So one of the pros here is because we have been successful, we, we know how and have the ability uh, and the strengths to do so, right? So we have the courage, right? So here you got the courage, all right? We, we, we've done it before. Okay. The second one here is that we have a lot of confidence because we ha we have done it before. So you got courage and you got confidence here, right? So that's the the pros of I have succeeded, and you can kind of use those. You can utilize those. We had already uh, hit on the courage, right? Now this is a slightly different courage because it's courage kind of to take risks and to use your ability and your strengths. We were talking about the courage of being transparent, and vulnerable. Yeah. Right. But let's take a look. These are the these are the good parts. So let's take a look at the, the, the dark sides of this. So the cons of I have succeeded, because like we were saying, just because you have succeeded doesn't mean that you will in the future, right? Um, Marshall Goldsmith wrote an absolutely amazing book. Highly recommend it. Um, what got me here won't get me there. Yeah. Uh, awesome book. Go check that out. But let's get back to this. The cons. So one of the cons of I have succeeded is that we will cont continuously overrate our performance, right? So if these are the goods, what are the bads? Overrate performance. P-E-R-F there. You guys will get it. And so what we'll think is like, <laughs> I might only be a five, you know, a 300 hitter in baseball, but I'm coming up there and I'm acting like I'm a 750 hitter, okay? Or... Things like, I was 75% closing sales last week, so next week I'm going to be 85. Things like that. Or, uh, man, I really killed that meeting or I killed that keynote, and uh, no, you didn't. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And then that tends to be some of the cons. We overrate our performance. Um, and the second con here is accepting the authenticity or validity of feedback, right? You guys are gonna hear that over and over and over of us, like create an environment atmosphere of feedback, but- Yeah, you, you, don't, you don't wanna hear it. You don't wanna hear it, and then when you do, you're not gonna accept it because maybe they're not as successful as I am, mm -hmm. right? Or, well, they're not my boss, they're yeah. actually my direct report, right? So the validity of feedback can be a negative. You know, one more of these, Desi, that, that we've seen that, that I've experienced as well quite a bit in the past is I have, I have succeeded means um, to me or to others that I've succeeded because of my flaws. Yeah. I got some errors. I got some blind spots. I've done this deal. I've done this in a way that's not the best, but I'm still successful. Mm hmm and flipping that narrative around to understand that you're successful and you have succeeded despite that, not because of. Yeah, or, or and, and yes, right? right? 
I mean, getting to any of our levels of success, I mean, we've even joked about, you know, our wives. Man, I, I, I made the best sale of my life, but, you know, I, I got married there probably because of some of my traits, right, looking back, but also in spite of a bunch of them. If I had uh, my beautiful bride down here, I'm sure she would list them off just fine for you. <laughs> a bunch you of know? them. <laughs> you know, so I, I think that's a really um, important thing uh, to keep in mind. Yeah. You know? So let's talk about how do we apply this uh, in our business, with our team, uh, in our leadership. So number one is we wanna get a third party to kind of objectively look at things and figure out what's going on, right? So how do we apply this, right? So number one is you want to get a third party of some sort. And that can be, you know, a coach, a consultant, a trainer, uh, you know, your brother, your sister, your friend, doesn't matter. As long as it's a third party that can look at things objectively uh, and not as a subject in the mm-hmm. team and in the business, they, they shouldn't have any skin in the game. Let's put it that way, right? So that's number one. Um, number two is you need to dissect yourself, right? We need to kind of turn inward and look at our own self-image and talk about why is it that we're struggling with feedback in general, right? So why, and we gotta look inward here. Um, A lot of times we talk about feedback and uh, I just heard a great story just just yesterday Talk about customer service and like, Jeremy, do you think customer service is is really important? Absolutely. Absolutely, yes. Um, Are you willing to ask your customers about customer service and how to get better at that? Of course. Absolutely. Do you ask your wife? I do not. But the story that I heard from that was like, oh, okay, yeah. Um, So that breaks it down right there. Perfect example of it. Um, Feedback is very important. So hey, pro tip, go ask her. Uh, your wife or your husband or your kids. I've done that too. How can I be better? And man, will they, they'll tell you the truth. And sometimes you're like scared to death to hear what they're about to say. And sometimes it's like, uh, I just, would you, can I have a sucker? <laughs> you know, yeah. and, and everything in between. So it becomes pretty important here. You know, and then the last one that you kind of hear us go over and over again is creating that atmosphere and environment of feedback. Okay. Now, Jeremy, walk them through. How do, how do they do that? How, how do we create that environment, that atmosphere, like on a like strategic level? Well, I think instead of just saying, can you rate me one to 10 on this and being very plastic, being very formal, yeah, be real, yeah. right? Be open and honest. And if you go to the people that report to you and say, guys, how can I get better? Understand that the only reason I exist in this position with relation to you mm-hmm. is to serve you, is to help you. Now, we've had some successes, we've done well. I may have some blind spots. So listen, yeah. I, I just want, if I've not done this in the past, man, I'm sorry, but I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna send you some stuff and mm-hmm. take a look at it. And man, if it would do me a solid and hopefully it will help you out. If you can tell me in what ways are working for us, in what ways I struggle, in what ways that I can do to better serve as a leader Absolutely. to help show not only the bright spots I might not see, or help shine light on the blind spots that I can fix for you. So that is a way that I can just humbly come to you and just say, man, I don't have all the answers, and that you have a perspective that I don't. Absolutely. Yeah, and I mean, I think you can do this on multiple levels even. 
Uh, and what, I mean, you're probably wondering, what do I mean by multiple levels? I mean, like, you can do this on kind of like an organizational level. You know, talking about, you know, vision, mission, values, all those things. You can do this on a leadership level, maybe one leader. You could do it on a leadership team level and ask for feedback about like our team unity and cohesiveness. Mm -hmm. You could do it with sales uh, and those types of things. So, I mean, there's multiple levels here that you can get that feedback, you know, and highly suggest most of our clients have found. And I mean, look, most of the stuff that we teach you uh, is because we learned it the hard way and yeah. we don't want you guys to. Right, so at the end of the day, create that atmosphere, you know, of environment. It's been, it's yielded great results. It's huge because it's going to open up just such an element of trust and collaboration, but it will also force you to be self-aware because they're actually giving you the feedback that you asked. Maybe yeah. the people that report to you are afraid to give you feedback, but have gold. Right, you're robbing them in some sense by not asking that. And what we've found has been beneficial, not just with our team, but in healthy companies that we've worked with, that we've worked for, that we've trained, is it works on every different area. Desi gave you some categories here, but this can work laterally. I'm in sales, you're in sales. Can you give me some feedback? Yep. This can work below. I have a bunch of direct reports and I'm the leader and I need help. And for those that maybe are in management or in a position where you have somebody that you report to, how awesome is that to say, hey, I want to be able to serve my team and my company better. I report to you. Can you give me some feedback? So, yeah, I mean, like right here, up, down, left, right, all the way around. Yeah. Um, you know, some people call it 360. Um, I, we like to use the fancier term of up, down, left, right, all the way around. <laughs> uh, but, Jeremy, give them the... Uh, I found this amazing quote that I think wraps it up perfectly of the I have succeeded and kind of wrap that up for them. I think it's a mic drop. Uh, I don't think we should probably pick these up and drop them if you're listening, but give them the mic drop there. Yeah, average players want to be left alone. Good players want to be coached. And great players want to be told the truth. Nick Saban, I think we even cited him on our last podcast but we're gonna did. do this until we can't get it wrong yep. but understanding that do i want to be average i want to keep to myself i want to hide do i want to be good hey coach me up a little bit yeah if i want to be great man tell me the truth sometimes when we even coach um some of our clients one of the first things that we'll say is hey how do you prefer for us to coach you some people like kid gloves some yeah. people like us just to give them, you know, what they want and be a little bit soft. A lot of the great ones like to be punched in the face and give it to them straight. If you do that in a way that they know you care, mm -hmm. man, I want that. Yeah, and we've, I mean, we've learned that, you know, a lot of you are already successful leaders or, mm -hmm. or, or on a successful team or maybe you're a successful business owner. And... I can tell you that we've learned the hard way, and a lot of our clients are, um, it gets harder and harder to get that truth, mm -hmm. to get that, you know, quote unquote, punch in the face. So, you know, really strive, strive for that. I mean, it's, it, it has helped us tremendously in our team, just knowing that there's, there's no filter or there's very little filter. Yeah. 
when I ask the question, hey, how am I doing or how are we doing? I'm going to get an unfiltered response, you know, and that becomes really important in how we grow as a team mm -hmm. and has affected the bottom line of our business and our clients' business as well. Yeah. And, you know, another thing that, that I've seen and I've probably done in the past is when you're actually in the position of giving feedback, when, when we're saying be real, be authentic, that doesn't mean be a jerk. That doesn't mean I'm going to open the door and say, oh, you wanted feedback? Phew. Sit down, right? Yeah. You suck. If you're on the other this side is, of it, yeah, right. yeah. And so be real, be genuine. They're asking for that. And when you do, you want to also begin with the end in mind with what am I trying to accomplish? They're trying to draw out of me some problems, some areas, and asking for my help. The what's the result of that by me giving them that feedback? And, yeah, don't sugarcoat it. But yeah. also you know, make sure that you're doing that in a way that's going to ultimately benefit them. All right. That's bit, that's uh, number one. What's number two? Number two. So we said, I have succeeded. Yep. It was number one. Number two is the phrase, I can succeed. Yep. I can succeed. So we look at this for, we had the have succeeded and now we have the can succeed. So we got some pros and we got some cons uh, with the can succeed as well. Uh, but I mean, in a nutshell, that uh, I can succeed uh, means that it's like sheer force of will. I'm gonna, like, honestly, I resonate with this one really well because I'm going to put my nose down and I'm going to get it done. Um, but the problem comes when it doesn't get done and yeah. the ship won't change direction mm -hmm. as hard as I try. Yeah. Right. And look, we've been there. This, this, this becomes really hard. Mm -hmm. And that's, how, that's how, personally how I learned this trap. Uh, um, so let's dive into some of the pros and cons. So first pro, one is, is basically what we just talked about. It's high self-determination, right? So you're really determined uh, to get it done. Now, like we said earlier, there's a dark side to every single one of these, mm -hmm. right? So we'll, we'll hit on that here in a second. But the second pro is we do what we do because of internal motivation. It's not necessarily the money. It's not necessarily the trophy, the accolade, mm -hmm. or I got my, you know, two comma club, whatever. Um, it's, it's inside. It's something deeper, right? So the, we're intrinsically motivated. All right, some cons, some cons of the I can succeed, right? So this goes right back to input. We will completely disregard it because they're not trying as hard as us. I'm going to get this done. I'm going to put, this is my plan. This is what we're going to do. So I'm, I'm, I'm not going to listen to anyone else, right? So they don't listen. Now, the second con is that comes down to the it comes down to like being the real me and believing or not that you even need to change. Okay, so we're, we're, one we're not going to listen, and two if we happen to listen, well that's not me. Okay, and then we don't we don't change because we don't think we need to. Yeah, I can succeed without that. I can succeed. Yep. And I'm going to do it this way. Thanks for your feedback. I got it. Absolutely. So these come out in a lot of different ways. Uh, um, and like I said, I resonate with this one uh, the most here just because 
I try really hard. I mean, I left teaching, and I'm gonna we're gonna be a big business owner. Mm. Let's see how that goes. And I'm like, I don't know how hard can it be. I'll try it, and I'm gonna succeed because I don't have any other options because I made decisions that didn't give me any other options, and I did that intentionally. But man, did I need to find some mentors? Mm-hmm. You know, after trying it for you know a month, a year, uh, or more, even um, so, that becomes really important in taking that feedback and then you know letting yourself say, well, maybe this isn't the real me. Maybe I need to be you know Desi two point or Jeremy Generation two. Yeah, you know. Um, so talk about some of the application. How do we apply this? How do you overcome this trap? Just like creating that atmosphere of feedback, uh, do the same thing with suggestions, okay? So the apply here, so we talk about feedback, that's kind of in the past. Suggestions or um, feed forward is what we're going to talk about for the future, okay? So Jeremy, walk them through, like, what kind of questions should I ask to get better suggestions? Well, when we've talked about creating the environment mm-hmm. prior to this, in the, in the last example, we said just being open and being real to say, man, evaluate me. How am I doing in X, Y, and Z? Yeah. You know, we, we had this last project, and we want to game tape it. Walk me through in the last three, six, nine months, man, how, how have I done? Mm-hmm. That's going to be in the past, in the feedback, right? I want to look at that and analyze it and be like, all right, copy that. Yeah. I have a good understanding now of here's some things I can pick up. Feed forward is, is hey, you know what? Um, I'm looking ahead. What are some things that I can do better going forward mm-hmm. to help serve you? Right? I know that we have a lot of meetings. I know that we do this. We try to keep on, the, on a deadline, on a schedule. Yeah. Based on these things moving forward, how, how, can I, how can I serve you better? And yeah. the intent is always looking at from here and now moving ahead. With a goal that you have coming up, if I'm thinking we do very, very short-term goals, mm-hmm. but then we're thinking five years ahead. So now I have a staff, I have people that I'm looking towards, and we have some projects that we're working on. Mm -hmm. And then I'm also looking, just like in that last example of internally. Yeah. As I'm diving in, knowing that I might have some blind spots, I might address those as well. Mm -hmm. Hey, based on this, um, I I, I can sometimes tend to not listen super well. Yeah. Sometimes I miss details. Man, how can I better serve you and help you out to get your objectives and the results that you're looking for absolutely based on that and and it's a blind spot so it's probably an area of weakness for you in the first place Mm -hmm. so i mean it can be really simple hey what are some tips to listen better you know and don't try to overcomplicate this it can be that simple it can be that easy in just asking for a simple suggestion you know because if you give someone a paragraph of a question to ask, it's just going to confuse them anyway. Uh, so, hey, how can I communicate better, uh, you know, to you? Mm-hmm. Right? And you can specify it to a person. You can, you know, change the radius to the company, to the team. Uh, and we talked about those many different levels. But uh, another one here is multiple perspectives from multiple different angles. 
at multiple different levels, mm -hmm. okay? Yeah. So that's how we take this. And, you know, we're saying that if we're trying to stay out of these traps of not listening, it doesn't feel like me, we need different perspectives to tell us that. Because the more we hear it, the more we're going to think, man, this might be true, yeah. right? So we need perspective from multiple different angles like we showed you before of up, down, left, right, mm -hmm. outside. I mean, Jeremy, a lot of times we'll not only when we take this, when we do this with, with a leader, mm -hmm. we'll talk to their husband, their wife, their couple of best friends. Like, let's get the full picture here. Yeah. Um, a, a great one of this is a picture I saw one time of New York City, okay, inside of the Grand Canyon. If you thought the Grand Canyon was large before, look that picture up, and that puts a lot of perspective into mm -hmm. how big the Grand Canyon actually is. Yeah, it is. It was mind blowing, absolutely mind blowing. So, gain some perspective here. Um, one of the things that we found successful leaders really struggle with. Uh, one of our cl current clients right now talking to him literally yesterday morning, and it is literally this statement right here. Can I get some help? Ask for help, okay? Guys, girls, just ask for help. Just because we're the owner or we're the leader does not mean that we know it all, mm -hmm. right? And if we ask for help, what happens? Uh, you tend to get it. Tend to get it, yeah. right? And that's, that's such a key point, Desi, because the, the phrase, I can succeed, you know, if I put the emphasis on the I, yeah. that just validates that I should be doing this myself. Mm -hmm. I can succeed. You can't build this on your own. Anybody that's a leader, anybody that's in business understands it takes yeah. a multitude. We have to work together. Utilize that. Right? Say, I need help. And yeah. as a leader, the hardest to lead often is yourself. No but the doubt. most important to lead is yourself. Absolutely. Understanding that with others involved, saying, man, how can I do this better? Yeah. I need help. I'm struggling. That's a big, big point. You know, and, and digging into yourself a little bit deeper, I mean, just here's some questions to ask. We, we just jotted them down. One, how do you feel about change? Mm. Uh, do you, it's going to happen, so do you want good change or do you want bad change? What's the, you know, and this is out of Jay Klein's playbook, what's the worst case scenario, mm -hmm. right? What's the best case scenario? Um, if you're struggling with it, why is change so uh, unsettling to you? Why are you struggling with it that much? Um, and define, flesh out, why it is that you would change. We do this with our, with our leadership clients, and, and the reason that we do is because it's, it's a cost-benefit analysis of is this behavioral change worth it or not. Mm -hmm. you know, and you know, we learned that. I learned that in football. You know, if we're going to take this strategy, what are we going to get out of it? Right. And why? And what are they going to do as a, a, you know, a counter to it? Right? And then ask others and talk it out. Like, that becomes a very important part of this uh, to get over some of these, these mindset myths. Yeah. All right, so we've covered, I have succeeded. 
Yep. We've covered I can succeed. The next one is I will succeed. Talk yes. to me about that. I will succeed. You're noticing a comparison here, right? You're noticing a theme here of unflappable optimism. So, and I, I resonate this one as well. Literally, as you're saying it, Jeremy, I'm thinking, oh my gosh, my wife says this to me like all the time. Um, in that I say it all the time. So unflappable optimism is I will succeed. It can easily mutate uh, into excessive optimism. Uh, we've uh, mm -hmm. experienced that well. Uh, I've fell into that trap. Or maybe arrogance even. Yeah, because it's a fine line, right? Between confidence and arrogance, mm -hmm. no doubt. But we tend to, to overcommit. And then when we overcommit, we fall short on commitments uh, just because we don't have the time do you resonate with that one at all, Jeremy? 100%. Yeah. That was it's, a it's, trap it's question. difficult to say no because you're just going to will yourself into it. Absolutely. So I'd Absolutely. much rather say yes and see how many plates I can spin, how many balls I can juggle. Yep. Um, inevitably, when that happens and it's too much, uh, you're going to break some plates. <laughs> no doubt. No doubt. All right, so pros and cons of I will succeed. So uh, one of the good, one of the really good pros, uh, a strength, is that you're not gonna believe or allow external forces to kind of control your path, control your destiny, um, which becomes really powerful. So would that be like, um, like an ex like Jacko willing an extreme ownership? Yeah, it's great, great example of that, no okay. doubt. Okay. Um, you know, I'm not going to let the weather dictate how I play the game. Or the competition. Absolutely. Or the market. Or, got it. Yeah, you know, um, another example of that, you know, in the business world would be viewing everyone as a competitor mm. instead of a collaborator. Okay. You know, like the rule of the rule of abundance versus competition, mm. right? Like, I'm not going to let these external forces, like, look, there's other people who do leadership, but they're not me and you, right? Right. There's certain people that need to hear your voice, um, that need to have, you know, your hands on them. If you're a PT or a doctor, they need to hear your words and 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 everything in between. So. External forces, that becomes a really good strength. Um, second one, and I love this one, is just persistence, okay? Now, and Jeremy was talking about the borderline of confidence and arrogance. I think persistence runs this race too, mm -hmm. you know, because persistence can lead to, call it stupidity, you know, I mean, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result. Right. You know, and I think, it, and I play this out because, I mean, it it it, it hits it hits my core. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm very big on persistence. It's one of our values here at Mainer Leadership. Um, so it can be an absolute superpower as long as you keep it there and don't fall into the trap, you know, of, of walking that line. So the fine line of... Confidence to overconfidence to arrogance and persistence, maybe to stubbornness. 
Yeah, and stubbornness to stupidity. Just stupidity. <laughs> yeah. There you go. There you go. We'll make an infographic of that. No <laughs> doubt, right? So let's dive into that. Um, let's talk about the cons. So one of these is is winning and having to win at all costs. So the yeah, perfect example, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, I, if you guys are anything like me, you have discussions about where you guys go out to eat with your husband or your wife, right? And they usually want to go to X. We usually want to go to Y. Um, we compromise and we go to X. And the food's not as good. The service um, is, you know, under par. Let's put it that way. And what do we do? We decide that we're going to bicker. We're going to moan. We're going to say we should have gone where. And what does that do for us? Absolutely nothing causes our relationship to, you know, it hinders our relationship, ruins our night. But guess why we did it? Because we have to win. And we got to win everything. And we got to win at all costs because we're winners. Right? Does that sound like any of you? Does any, do any of you resonate with that? Because I know it does with me. Yeah. And it was, it, was a hard less, it was a hard pill to swallow. For sure. And that can be in business. There's so many things Absolutely. that I have to win. And winning at all costs, there's a lot of costs in that that probably aren't the best. Yeah, and I mean, I think, I mean, we'll dive, this is an application, but if you're one of these people and you're, you know, you're saying I will succeed and you're falling in the trap of, uh, you know, I'm a winner and, I, and I'm going to win at all costs, maybe it's time to stop winning and empower somebody on your team to win. Mm. Maybe you should, you know, work with your team or let these people win. And maybe that'll actually grow your business more than you would by yourself. You know, I think that's a really important truth that you need to hear because I needed to hear it. And I, I'm guessing that you're a lot like me. So stop winning. Um, and that doesn't mean stop winning everything and stop wanting to be competitive, it all that sounds, stuff. sounds so weird to even say that. Right? And like, I'm an ultra competitor myself, but it's more along the lines of let your team win, yeah. teach them to win, empower them to win, give them the authority to win. Okay? So let's go back to the con. Second con is letting go of failure. Letting go of failure. So a lot of our clients have found that, I mean, they screwed up somewhere. We screwed up somewhere. We're all human. Mm -hmm. Um, We're all going to screw up. And we have uh, made mistakes. Um, But when it's I will succeed, you have that unflappable optimism. But, you know, when there's a rip in the sail and it's because, you know, you put it at the wrong angle, we tend to bear down on that and hammer into it. Uh, I know early on in my sales game, I harped on that hardcore. I yeah. should have said this. Oh, I should have sent them that. I you know, should have handled this objection that way, this way. When I first started building the team the same way. Why didn't I give that to them? Why did I do that? That's their lane. I should have empowered that and like I won't let it go. Like, I'll lose sleep. My wife will get so annoyed with me because I'll talk about it over and over and over again. They say leaders are repeaters, but that's not in that way, okay? (laughs) So we got to let go of this failure, okay? We got to hit the reset button, you know, and 
move forward. Like we don't have to move on, like we, meaning we want to learn from the failure, but we do have to keep moving forward yeah. without this baggage, you know, holding us down. Of we're holding on to that failure. Yeah, and the, really, the, we're getting into some application here, which is really good. But it's the difference of your identity versus behavior. Right? I want to be able to accept and own a failure. A, because I'm responsible as the leader, I got to own it. And if a bucket of paint dropped, I got to make sure I clean it up. Something breaks, I have to pick up the pieces. Right? But that doesn't make me a failure. Right? I have four kids, and it's one of those things where it's you're not bad. Maybe you've done a bad thing, but you're not bad. Maybe this project was a failure. Desi, we've had many of them. Absolutely. Um, but that's not us as a failure. And so it's, it's understanding that I can accept failure. In fact, I have to plan. We plan for failure. Absolutely. If point A is here and we want to get here to success, we inevitably know along the way right here we're going to fall on our face. Yeah. So like first responders, we want to say, okay, how do we prepare for that? Uh-huh. I, we're going to accept this failure but I'm not content in that failure. Does that make sense? Like, I'm, yeah, I'm not absolutely. satisfied with it, but I'm owning it. And now let's, what do we need to do to move on from yeah, that? Yeah, I mean, John Maxwell wrote a great, great, great book called uh, Sometimes You Win, Sometimes You Learn. So, I mean, the only time it's truly a loss, a failure, is when you don't learn from it. And I think that's the hump of letting go. When you can pull out the lesson, mm-hmm. you know, when you can pull out the objective of that mistake, because you ask yourself your question, why did I make that mistake? Why did this failure happen? Now you're accepting it, right? right? So when you ask why or what did I do wrong, how can I get better, that is you accepting it and overcoming uh, the failure and, and moving into what did I learn from it? Because yeah. now we're moving forward, right? Now we're moving forward, no doubt. Um, you know, I think that when you put all of this together, you know, like Jeremy was saying, it's not about what happens now, it's how you respond. Yeah. Right? When I was, when I played in football, it was next play, mm-hmm. right? Next play mentality. It's the same thing in business. What, what are you going to do tomorrow? Oh, man, today sucked. That's great, but tomorrow's coming. My dad used to always say, sun's going to come up tomorrow. The show will go on. Do you want to be a part of it or not? Mm -hmm. Because if you're going to be a part of it, then you better show up. Right? And then we'll die. I'm sure we'll dive into consistency at some point, too. Right. But all those things tend to apply there. So that's number three. All right. I will succeed. Wrapping it up here. here. Yes, yes. I have succeeded. I can succeed. Um. I will succeed. Yep. And this last one is I choose to succeed. Yep. So when we talk about um, I choose to succeed, what happens is that we believe that uh, we choose to do um, our behavior and that our results come from the choices that we're making. Uh, we make it less likely to and ever evaluate and change that behavior mm-hmm. because we think that we're choosing it. Right. Right. Because I, I choose to succeed. 
okay? But that's not always the case here. So when we talk about I choose to succeed, there's some pros, there's some cons. You already kind of heard the teaser there uh, of what those are. So the number one pro of I choose to succeed is uh, absolutely amazing confidence. And this is just an overall, when I say confidence, I mean kind of presence too. Mm -hmm. You know, I think there's a presence to I choose to succeed um, that it just borders outside of that, that, that dark zone, uh, so to speak. So you're gonna have a whole bunch of self-confidence there mm -hmm. um, that's gonna help you overcome a lot of uh, uh, obstacles, challenges, yeah. you know, leadership, leadership uh, humps that we gotta get over when we're trying to grow a business. Um, the next one here, which is uh, really important, Jeremy mentioned Jocko Willink, and that's really high ownership, okay? Now, that's ownership of, you know, the result, most likely, that we're wanting to get. Um, we're going to talk about, you want to own all of it, right? Jocko Willink wrote the book, Extreme Ownership. It's exactly that. It's owning all of the things um, especially the ones that go wrong, right? Um, to make sure that you're protecting your team mm -hmm. uh, as we move forward here. So, pros, some of the cons here of I choose to succeed. Uh, one of them is overcommitment. Talking about overcommitment, Jeremy. Yeah, well, not unlike some of the stuff that we've talked about, even in these others, you can see a, a big theme. But I choose to succeed since it's my choice, it's my ownership. Instead of me saying yes to everybody else, I'm filling the plate myself. I'm yeah. choosing to do this. Mm -hmm. I'm choosing to work 18 hours a day because I choose to be successful. I choose yeah. to succeed. Yeah. I am going to overcommit on projects with clients. I'm going to overcommit because it's my choice and the end result is success and that's my choice. Yeah. So you're attaching ultimately that overcommitment with the ownership and those ingredients can uh, be disastrous. Can be the dark side. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, an another con here is superstition. Mm. So because we think we chose our behaviors, like yeah, everything that I did said was completely intentional. And it's like, no, we didn't talk about the subconscious mind. Um, but if we believe that, then we will be superstitious about what we choose, about what we choose next. So kind of two sides of the sword here with overcommitment and superstition, um, different perspectives and way of looking at it. You can be too careful in what you're choosing to, to do, uh, what your mindset is, your actions, how you lead your team, the words that you're saying. Uh, that your to-do list and your tasks, things like that. Mm -hmm. So being superstitious can be a con as well. Um, now you're probably thinking, okay, how do I apply this one? Uh, the best one here um, that I really like is behavioral rehearsal. So it's literally rehearsing behavior of what words to say. And I mean, the one of the smallest words out there no can be so incredibly powerful. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's the first thing. Literally walking through with someone, a third party, an objective, how to do that, okay? Because we all think that we can have a really smooth conversation and we think we're tough and I choose to succeed and I'm doing all this intentionally, but 
we get into that conversation, it's a slightly uncomfortable conversation. Like we have to say no to something or we have to say not right now. And when we get to a certain level of leadership, like we don't have people to play that out with. Mm-hmm. You know, like we, we do role play all the time. We do behavioral rehearsal. Our clients uh, find amazing results by just being able to play out a conversation yeah. that they're about to have. You know, so literally rehearse. Talk to yourself in the mirror. You know, Jeremy trains on this with, with, the, with the sales. But as a leader, talk to yourself in the mirror. How am I going to say no to this person? How am I going to behave? How am I going to walk through this conversation? So that one is saying no. Yeah, and that one gets, gets the mechanics, the motor skills there. But why are you trying to be successful? What does success look like to you? When Desi asked the question in previous examples of how do you accept or how do you deal with change, what does success look like? Okay, that hopefully should be a North Star. What are your values to say either this is a, a yes or it's a no? Like very quickly, I should know, does this point to, oh, then I can't overcommit. Yeah. Man, I'd love to do that, but no, I can't. And a really, a really good tool um, when making decisions or trying to figure out what to say no to um, is the Eisenhower box. Mm-hmm. Absolutely transformational for us, uh, for our team, and for our clients. Um, so th- use the Eisenhower box. Uh, there's a ton of different ones out there. They're all pretty great. Uh, I think James Clear, the uh, Atomic Habits, yeah. uh, has an absolutely amazing one out there. Um, we use that one with our clients. Honestly, uh, it's super powerful. Walk through those steps. Um, so that one's the Eisenhower box. And walk them through kind of what that does. Well, it, it puts things not only into perspective, but it prioritizes your time, your projects, and your values. What's important, what's urgent, and what's not. Yeah. How do I, I mean, all of these things ultimately maybe need to get done, but do they need to get done by me? Not, do they need not to usually. Get, do they need to get done now? Right. Or can they get done? And so it's really a way to really look at and categorize the jobs that need to be done, the focus. What am I committing to and how do I get those things tackled? So, yeah. All right. Well, let's land the plane, man. We've uh, we've covered a ton in this half hour, 40 minutes. Yeah. Four things. The mindset miss. I have succeeded. You got pros and cons of both of those. But using the past to foreshadow your future, not always the best tool. Uh, it comes an obstacle when uh, change is really necessary. Okay. Two is I can succeed. Um, we believe that we can make it happen through sheer force of will, uh, and that doesn't seem to work well when the ship will not change directions uh, as hard as we try. So that becomes mm-hmm. a, a myth, a, a trap. Third one there is I will succeed. We talk about unflappable optimism and how that can uh, – Help. We can overcommit, and sometimes we can use superstition, uh, which you know is can be a really uh, poor uh, tool that will not serve you well mm-hmm. um, if you dive into it too far and you let that you fall into that trap. You know, like at the end of the day, like take some risks, you'll be perfectly fine. And then the last one is I choose to succeed. Uh, and that's believe that we're choosing, we've chosen every behavior that we've ever done. Uh, and that's why we're, we've, we've been successful. 
Um, and that's why we get the, those, those results. And there's some traps with that as well. I think when it comes down to it, you know, there's a lot of different ways to look at success. Uh, it, it's our job to be self-aware of it. I think that um, we look at our strengths and our weaknesses and we've got to, it's our responsibility to our team, to our people, to our business, to equip and empower them to win, right? If we help enough people get what they want, we'll get what we want. Yeah. But when you dig into your why deep enough and you, you know what these mindset myths are and how to use them as a superpower and not a myth or a trap, then you'll, you'll be able to do just that. You'll be able to equip your people and yourself, empower your team, that is gonna you know, grow your bottom line, it's gonna grow your business, you're gonna serve more people, uh, you're gonna help more people, and hey, I mean, at the end of the day, that's what we're all in it for to do, is to serve people, to help people. But I mean, how, how do we do this? What should you go do right now? Walk through these, rewatch this video, um, take some notes, look at them, dissect this, ask yourself some questions. Um, if you want this information, we actually have a guide uh, put it, just put it right in the comments. Uh, I want it, and we'll send you that mindset myth guide. Uh, you know, we'll get back with you in our DMs or whatever, whatever you want to call it. But we can get it sent to you, uh, and so you guys have that tool as well. Um, and you know, if you want to see it on YouTube, jump on over to our YouTube ch YouTube channel. But at, at the end of the day, leadership's combination of mindset, action, perception, skill. If you didn't catch on, it's a lot of things but they can all be taught and they can all be learned. And that's why we have to yeah. constantly challenge our mindset and then focus what we're actually doing and who we're doing it with. Absolutely. At the end of the day, that's what we're really trying to do. Uh, our behavior towards others defines our perception, but our skill and the actions is what is gonna get the results. Okay, so they go hand in hand, they work in parallel. Right? So our mindsets and our actions combine to create uh, really power for leadership that equips and empowers people to win. Yeah. Most importantly, our team, our business, and our people that we're trying to service. So don't let these success traps get you. Know yourself well, dig into them, and learn them, apply them to your team, to yourself, to your company, and you'll win. You'll be equipped and you'll be empowered. And you know, if you need anything more on this, let us know. Uh, if you like this content, hit us a like, subscribe, share. You know, hit the share button, take a screenshot, send it to your friend, uh, however you want to do it. Um, you know, we, we want you to do that so we can help more people. At the end of the day, we want to keep you guys from making the mistakes that we've made and making the mistakes that you know a lot of the people that that we've helped, yeah. you know, are making and have made. So that's what we want to hear. We want to add value to you guys. So thanks a lot uh, for listening to today's episode. That's it. That's a wrap. Thanks, guys. Take care. Thanks for listening to the Mainer Leadership Show and have a powerful day.